Hi, everyone. Welcome to Money Mochas, a series of short and sweet money teachings to empower your relationship with money. Powerfully potent, these lessons are easily digestible, bite-sized morsels of financial wisdom that pair perfectly with your favorite morning coffee and go down just as easily. I am Barry Tesler, a financial therapist, author, and creator of The Art of Money, my year-long money school and global community that I'm honored to lead with love, encouragement, and more than a little dark chocolate. What you're about to hear is a delicious sample of the practical financial tools and personal support you'll find in my flagship program, The Art of Money. The Art of Money offers a comprehensive framework with a nurturing body-based approach to guide and inspire you along your money healing journey. You can dive deeper at barrytesler.com. So wherever you are in your relationship with money, the simple tools shared in today's Money Mocha have the power to create dramatic change. So grab your morning cup, relax, and sip along as you enjoy this Money Mocha. The three phases of deep money work. On a sunny August afternoon in 2001, I found myself stuck in an apple orchard outside of Sebastopol, California, running late to my first ever meeting as a freelance bookkeeper. I had almost arrived at my new client's house when I encountered a gleaming white pickup truck blocking my path, parked cattywampus across the backwoods gravel road. This is the last thing I need today, I thought, as I sat there fuming in my beat-up old Subaru. I stepped out of my car, smoothing my maroon velvet skirt with sweaty palms, and cleared my throat to have some words with Mr. White Truck. The man who emerged from behind the truck had a full silver mustache, a halo of gray hair, and as he saw me, a huge smile. Barry, what are you doing out here in California? Mr. White Truck turned out to be Warren, an old friend and acupuncturist I'd known years before when I lived in Colorado. That day in Sebastopol, he would change my work, life, journey forever. When I told Warren that I was on my way to my first client meeting as a freelance bookkeeper, he laughed, thinking I was joking. I was used to that reaction, though. Most of my friends and family and community thought I was taking a seriously bizarre detour into all of this bookkeeping and money stuff. I had just earned my graduate degree in somatic psychology, spent all my free time dancing, and considered myself too creative to talk to friends or family about money. It wasn't that I had a bad relationship with money back then. I had no relationship with it. I poo-pooed the whole money thing as being too boring. Bank statements would arrive in the mail, and I'd toss them directly into the trash. If I thought about them at all, it would be to wonder, what do people do with these things before closing the trash lid? For most of my life, I harbored the belief that since I wasn't good at math, I couldn't possibly be smart about money. Like so many people, I was never taught how to manage money, let alone my emotions around it. Though my family rarely talked about money, it loomed like an otherworldly elephant in the room during most fights, sticky conversations, and big decisions. No wonder, as an adult, I didn't want to think about it, much less talk about it. 
my path to becoming a bookkeeper was a bit peculiar. I was working long hours and frequent overnight shifts in the mental health and hospice fields. When the mental health clinic I worked at asked if I would like to spend five hours a week taking care of their bookkeeping, I leapt at the opportunity, thinking it might provide a little respite from the graveyard hours and emotionally challenging work I had been doing. A dear friend taught me Quicken and QuickBooks, the gold standard for accounting software, and to my shock and delight, I understood it. It was as if the clouds parted, the angels sang hallelujah, and I realized that the half of my brain associated with math and money and other strange esoteric arts actually worked. Not only that, I just really loved it. Soon, I took on a second job as a bookkeeper at a local bakery. I began tracking and reconciling my own personal expenses for the first time in my life. I devoured every financial and accounting book I could get my hands on. Who am I turning into? By the time I moved out to California, I was hanging dinky blue flyers at local yoga studios and grocery stores, promoting myself as a bookkeeper for therapists and coaches and other artsy folk. When I shared what I was up to with Warren, he insisted I meet his friend Tamara Slayton, who lived close by. Tamara had spent most of her life teaching women's work and rites of passage work, but had recently become fascinated with money. She sees money as something that goes way deeper than numbers and cents, he told me. I think you two would have a lot to talk about. Hearing Tamara's name was a second serendipitous twist that day. Six years earlier, a thesis advisor had given me one of Tamara's newsletters, a gorgeous and artistic pamphlet called Cycles, on our menstrual cycles. It had such a profound effect on me that I'd kept it all those years and even brought it with me on my big move from Colorado to California. Clearly that truck was in my path for a reason. Tamara was about to become my first money mentor. A few days later, Tamara and I finally met. She was a fiery redhead artist, teacher, philosopher, and mama of five. I told her about my longing to merge healing, creative body work with my new fascination with money, including all of the external tools and practices of bookkeeping. She got it. Over the next two years, Tamara and I worked closely together. We visioned. We philosophized about money and life and wisdom. We went on walks through apple orchards. We talked about economics, rites of passages, and money as a rite of passage. We talked about bookkeeping and numbers, creativity and purpose, financial institutions, and right livelihood. Gradually, over those two years, Tamara helped me bridge my two worlds. She urged me to integrate my bookkeeping work with my deep healing work. Years before the term financial therapy broke into the mainstream, that day I encountered Warren on that gravel road. He literally stopped me in my tracks. Bookkeeping and all this money stuff I soon learned weren't a temporary detour from my therapeutic career. My life's work would be integrating these two worlds, helping people create mindfulness, joy, and peace through their money relationships. The three phases of deep money work. It's hard for me to believe, but it was over 17 years ago that I led my first money workshop. I didn't feel ready in the slightest. I had only been consciously working on my own money relationship for several years prior. But my very first money mentor, Tamara Slayton, lovingly pushed me out of the nest. Barry, she announced, it's time for you to lead your first workshop. 
I'll host it, get ready. I panicked. Well, I could feel deep in my bones that this money work was what I was here to do. I had no idea how to structure and articulate the insights. I was just beginning to understand myself. I thought about my community, wise, creative, generous people, all of them. I was surrounded by therapists and coaches and artists and creative entrepreneurs and dancers and mamas and students, and most of them were berating themselves for not being grown up yet with money. Sound familiar? Some of them had never tried to work on their money stuff and had opted out or shoved it as far under the rug as humanly possible. But most of them had tried one or two approaches to money work over the years, only to fall off the wagon or hit a wall of resistance and then beat themselves up about it even harder. The approaches my community members tried back then are the same ones I see people trying today. Even though they're well-intentioned and contain some very smart elements, each of them misses at least one crucial piece of the money puzzle, so they ultimately fail. Do you recognize yourself in any of these approaches? See if you do. Fractured money approach number one, nuts and bolts and nothing else. You read a no-nonsense article or book which treats money as just the facts, Jack, it instructs you to check your credit score, hire an accountant, open an IRA, make a budget, pay down your debt, and on and on. There's probably a tough love or just do it edge, and it might even subtly shame you for not having already done all these things. You start working your way through the gargantuan checklist of financial tasks, driven by shame and urgency and, yes, maybe even a little hope, you force yourself to check your credit report, like ripping off a Band-Aid, you tell yourself, make a budget, and start calling your credit card companies to lower your rates. But before you know it, you start shutting down. Maybe you find yourself crying and you don't even know why. Maybe you get so overwhelmed you have to physically leave. Or maybe you start swirling deeper and deeper into a shame spiral, upset with yourself for being so far behind with your money stuff, and not being able to just get it done already. This is what happens when we focus on the external practices in our financial life and we neglect the inner emotional work. Fractured approach number two, hard in the clouds. In a flash of insight, you realize something about your emotional patterns with money. Maybe you realize you've been playing out the same overworked modern pattern you've inherited from your mother. Or do you realize you're still smarting from the scarcity you experienced in childhood despite a very comfortable cash flow now? Or maybe all of your money work is spiritual in nature. You're working on the law of attraction, reciting abundance mantras, and trying to think your way into wealth. But you might soon notice nothing has really changed. You don't have a vehicle to express and embody these insights and aspirations. Not only do you fail to get much traction, you might even fall right back into old habits and emotions. This is what happens when we only do the introspective inner work around money and neglect the ongoing nitty-gritty practical components of our money life. We all need frameworks and systems and rubber-meets-the-road practices to translate our insights into reality. Fractured approach number three, pretending life is a never-changing plateau. Just when you think you've got your money stuff handled, a big life transition sweeps through, a career change, a divorce, the birth of a baby, or a health crisis. 
suddenly you're back to square one in your money relationship. Budgets fly out the window, old ways of earning and spending and saving become obsolete, and you scramble to find utterly new footing in your relationship to money. Money isn't something you figure out once and for all and then comfortably coast for the rest of your life. It evolves, deepens, and changes over time, right along with you and your shifting life. Money is a practical, emotional, and ever-changing endeavor. That's why we need an integrated, multifaceted framework if we want to mature our relationship with it. Seventeen years ago, with my first workshop looming, my head was spinning with all of these different money approaches, wondering why they aren't working, wondering how to articulate what I felt was missing but couldn't quite put the words to it yet. So I did what I always do with a huge, seemingly unsolvable question. I took them to the woods. I went on a hike in the woods, in the redwoods, behind my home, determined not to return without some answers. I walked. I prayed. I implored the trees and the sky for answers. Everyone in my life was in so much pain and confusion around money, I said silently. How can I help them? What am I supposed to bring back to them? Please give me a framework, some concepts, something to ease their suffering and my own. I walked and breathed and listened some more. After many hours, I returned to our ridiculously tiny log cabin, which we loved, with something. With the help of my then-boyfriend, now-husband Forrest, I mapped everything out. Flip chart paper everywhere, colored markers, 400 square feet of wild excitement. Somehow, an elegant solution appeared seemingly out of nowhere. I believe there was an audible zap. We had mapped out a complete three-phase methodology. Phase one, money healing. Phase two, money practices. Phase three, money maps. Since that day in that tiny log cabin, these three phases have deepened and matured, changed names and evolved, but the core of what they represent has remained the backbone of my methodology. These are the three different kinds of work we must engage with to create healthy, sustainable changes in our money relationships. Because most other approaches to money only incorporate one or maybe two of these phases, it's no wonder they don't stick. Here are the three phases in a bit more detail. Phase one, money healing. This is the emotional work of creating an honest, mature relationship with money. Here we dissolve shame. We get clear on the money story we've accumulated over the course of a lifetime and all the patterns we've inherited from our family of origin, lineage, and culture. We identify and unwind patterns that no longer serve us. We claim our value. We learned mind and body-based practices to support our journey and ensure we are working with self-care, acceptance, and love along the way. Phase two, money practices. This is the practical nuts and bolts, number crunching, systems and habits of an ongoing and clear-eyed relationship with money. Here we gather data, we learn the language of money. We have money dates. We set up daily, weekly, monthly, yearly practices to engage with our numbers. And we do it all in ways that are personally meaningful, align with our deepest values, and feel creative, playful, and life-affirming. 
So bye-bye, dry, dusty budgeting, and hello, values-based bookkeeping. Phase three, money maps. This is the big picture of your goals and dreams and plans, how they're unfolding, and how money can fuel them. Here we learn to make great money decisions based not only on the numbers but also on your values, phase of life, and so much more. We look at where you've been in your life, what's on the horizon, and how this moment fits into the grand scheme of your money relationship and your precious human journey putting it all together. The money healing phase gives us the emotional support and foundational tools to to dissolve the resistance, shame, or other emotional patterns we all have around money. The money practices phase translates these deep insights into real-world actions, breathing them into life. Finally, the big-picture visioning of the money maps phase situates all of this within the unfolding narrative of our unique lives and infuses it with personal meaning. In my year-long Art of Money program, I recommend going through each of these three phases in order, money healing, then money practices, and then finally money maps. Each phase provides foundational tools and practices that lead into the next phase. However, you certainly don't need to completely finish one phase before moving into the next. And in fact, that's not even really possible all the time. That's because ultimately all three phases are always happening in your life. They're fluid, interwoven, and evolve right along with you. Now that you know a bit about the three phases, I hope you can see a little more clearly what's up for you and what is needing loving attention right now in your money life. Sometimes, simply naming what's happening in the moment can provide relief and actionable clarity. Is this moment in your life calling for a ton of money healing and forgiveness, for example? Or is it perhaps time to learn a bookkeeping system and learn how your money is coming in and how it's going out and what are your cash flow patterns? Or is it perhaps time to widen your lens and engage with longer money maps and goals and your values and your vision? However you choose to engage with these three phases, please go easy on yourself. This isn't a quick fix framework, but a large set of tools and practices to learn, integrate, and fine-tune for years to come. Really, ultimately, we should all be learning practices from these three phases in small increments from grade school and up. But here we are as adults, many of us learning it for the very first time or fine-tuning a lot of these tools and practices for the very first time. So remember, this money journey is yours to enjoy. Make it as luxurious or playful or creative or deeply meaningful or lighthearted as you like. And think of the three phases as your constant and resourceful companions along your money journey. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Money Mocha. I hope you enjoyed some inspiration along with your morning cup and that you feel empowered to write a new chapter in your relationship with money. After all, money touches everything in our lives. If you feel called to wade deeper here, pack your financial goals, soul deep aspirations and grab your favorite person 
My holistic framework blends therapeutic, body-based practices with the real-life tools you need to create healthy, sustainable change in your money life. So if you are ready to begin your money healing journey with the art of money today, you can learn more at barrytesler.com.